Hey, hey, and welcome to the very first episode of the Hardwood Dynasty Basketball Podcast. I, my name's Huck Breeze. I'm joined here by Ethan Levine, our fearless commissioner, and Max Breeze, 12th place. How are you guys doing today? Feeling proud. Feeling very proud. Yeah. Okay. All right. I, too, am feeling proud, maybe with a, a little more merit behind it. Yeah, yeah. All right. So usually we'll do these podcasts earlier in the season, you know, warm up for the draft and everything. It's a weird year. We're missing 10 games in the basketball season. Uh, You know, things are a little bit off, but alas, we have basketball. We're thankful for that. Um, So anyway, first podcast, week into the season. Uh, You know, it's... the state of the basketball, it, it's a short turnaround. Um, how do you guys think this affects how you draft in fantasy or, or your outlook on the fantasy season? Max, you want to go first? Sure. Uh, so from a fantasy outlook perspective, I probably didn't buy into it enough. You know, I drafted as if it was a regular season. And now that I'm seeing like, you know, the, the way some rookies are having trouble performing, um, the way some veterans, especially ones that were in the bubble and had to play really recently and, and the rest they're having to endure, um, I probably didn't take it into account enough. I was just excited to be doing a fantasy draft. Um, but I'd say the biggest thing that I'm taking away, and it's something that I saw in an athletic article today too, um, there's just a lot more blowouts. There's a lot more ugly games. Yeah. Um and like I, I saw that because you know we've been betting on the lines and the lines have been outrageous. It's like you know oh bowls plus nine and a half and like it, it's it's very rare you get any minus one or minus two lines whenever you're betting right now. Um, so I looked it up on the athletic. It looks like on average between seven and eight percent of the minutes played in any given NBA game, there's a twenty point margin. It's a blowout. Um, and it's Jeez. been like that for the last like 15 years. This year, small sample size, but so far, 12% of the minutes played are with a 20 point margin. Like it's just a bunch of ugly games. And so we're seeing well, weird minutes for backups and like just crazy stat lines. So that's, I, I don't really know how to react to that. I'm not a great big basketball fan, but those are the big, those are the big differences I'm seeing so far. So and that's I mean, kind of, from okay, a gambling yeah. standpoint, from a gambling standpoint, that's awesome. We love that. Uh, we love huge underdogs because, you know, less money you can put on them, the more payout you get. We like sure things, so you can parlay them together or bet on them and get free money. Uh, you know, I I've really enjoyed the basketball season so far, and the way when I looked at it, when I looked at the seventy-two game season, 
you know, I'm like Max. I didn't really take it into account. I just said, hey, we got basketball. Let's roll. Um, it seems like there's some people that aren't – you say there's, there's you know, blowout games and mismatches and whatnot. There's not a lot of people who are resting. I, you don't see it as much in the back-to-backs as I thought. I thought LeBron James would at least miss two or three games already this season. Yeah, I think yeah. he played every game. I think he – yeah, I don't think he's been load-managed. Obviously, sadly, watch a lot of Wizards ball, and they've been load-managing Russell Westbrook. Um, and I've seen a couple other instances. I'm sure KD is going to continue to get load managed. And I feel like that's sort of part of the, the fuel behind the blowouts is not necessarily guys sitting out, but how these rotations are being handled by coaches now versus how they'll be handled by coaches in like April. Like if I was looking at, at different lineup combinations earlier and Phoenix plays a combination of Devin Booker, Nikhil Bridges and Jay Crowder as their three wings more than any other three-man combination that could, you know, they're allowed to include Chris Paul. They're allowed to include DeAndre Ayton. I still think they feel like, you know, Booker's Booker, but those are their other two best assets. So how they're rotating players right now is not reflective, I think, of necessarily what they're building for. So when we're approaching this in the micro in fantasy basketball, and, and that's obviously just one out of 30, you know, example circumstances, but um, they're all kind of handling it. I feel like in more of a macro in this weird year. So that's a, that's a, a strange obstacle. I feel like that we're all kind of navigating right now in the early weeks. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We're just trying to get our, uh, you know, our ears wet here and just try to, you know, get a feel for, for what's going on here. So just to describe, you know, the format of what we're going to do in this fantasy podcast, um, you know, it's not always gonna, just going to be about fantasy, but a good chunk of it will be, uh, and so we're, we're going to talk about our fantasy matchups in our, in our, in our, uh, Harwood dynasty league. Um, and we're going to, we're going to go one by one and, and tell you who we think will win and, and maybe a, a player or two that we like, uh, for you to look at, you know, during the week right now, what we're going to start off with is, uh, the first matchup, which is Chase's neat team is a terrible, terrible team name. I mean, as as far as team names go, uh, that's the laziest garbage I've probably ever seen. Uh, versus fresh pair of starber- starberries, which isn't a bad name, maybe a bad team, not a bad name. Although he's changed his name, I, like just in the last couple of hours, he's changed his name to the Uniballers. Oh wow! Okay, all right. So well, uh, that's that's new to me. I, I yeah. Hey, the rebranding that. is real. Right, right. Uh, well, let's go through this matchup. Max, you want to start here? Sure. Um, so the first matchup is Chase's neat team versus Luke, the Uniballers, whatever. For Chase uh, this week, I like Kyle Kuzma. Um, the Lakers play four games this week, and uh, they're relatively – good matchups when they face Houston, it should be high scoring, Chicago, San Antonio, Memphis. Um, two of those are at home. And honestly, like from Chase, I, he just needs guys that plays minutes against Luke. Mm-hmm. And I think Kyle Kuzma is one of those guys that can deliver on several different types of stats. Um, looking over at Luke's team, I, I think just the only thing I can focus on is just how fucked up his roster is right now like <laughs> it's an absolute mess um you know he's got four injured players 
and one additional injured player in an injured player spot. Um, you know, this is a team that has Kawhi Leonard, Oladipo. You know, I wanted to call out Cam Reddish because I was like, okay, well, Cam Reddish could be a big deal. He's got four games this week. He's got interesting matchups, but it doesn't matter until he cleans up his roster. He's not going to get enough minutes. He's not going to get enough things that matter. He left uh, Fred Van Fleet and his 35 points and eight assists tonight, including six of nine from three-point range on his bench tonight. So that's the kind of stuff that just hand delivers Chase a victory. So obviously I'm picking Chase this week. Um, Luke is a new guy. I'm hoping there's just a learning curve here, realizing that, you know, this is going to be a lot of work. Um, but like you get a matchup like this, you don't need to know basketball. You just gotta, just gotta pick guys up. Gotta, you know, adjust your roster. So hopefully that changes over the next couple of days. He gives Chase a run for his money. Okay. And right. I think that's that's so interesting, not just – I mean, I, I think Luke is – there's a learning curve and in terms of, like, streaming and, and using all five of your moves. I, I think that will evolve here in the coming weeks. I mean, the result – you know, he won the first week. So, uh, like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Now it's broke, so I think he'll fix it. But um, I do think it's interesting also that – I feel like some people also overthink – they're keepers and they forget that you're only keeping five at the end of the day anyway. And if you've got a LeBron, if you've got um, an Anthony Davis, whatever, like those are our locks for keepers. But I feel like people are scared to stream right now because they see this faint hope of, and I'm talking about myself as well, um, this faint hope of keeper value down the road. And so like um, Luke's got a lot of rookies on his team and I think he's holding on to a lot of these guys because he's looking long-term, but to Max's point, it's really stunting him short-term. And even Achillean Hayes, who's a rookie who's playing is, is obviously underachieving for a really bad team. That's very front court heavy. Um, and Derek Rose is, is vastly outplaying him for those point guard minutes. So um, I think it's just going to have to be, everyone's trying to find what their balance is of playing for now versus playing for the future. But um, as we're seeing, if you play a little too for the future, then you lose nine to two to a team that got its ass kicked the week before. So that sort of, um, I sort of see that as being emblematically wide speaking specifically to this matchup. I think, um, for Luke, his X factor is going to be CJ McCollum because he is really booing Luke's team in a lot of stat categories. Max sort of broke things down um, rankings for team totals by stat category over two weeks. And um, Luke is near the the bottom of, uh, in a lot of them, but he is um, he's finding some decent shooting percentages and um, CJ McCollum is um, averaging 28 points a game with a higher usage rate than he's ever had before. Um, and that's with Dane Lillard still um, getting a lot of runs. So um I see the two of them really continuing to carry an offense first team. So McCollum's going to be inter or important. Um, and then for Chase, I think his X factor um, in the near future is Tobias Harris. Philly's off to a really hot start, and Tobias Harris is a big reason why. Um, obviously, when you've got Simmons out there, you've got an elite facilitator and an elite defender, but who can't shoot. Tobias it, Harris is shooting 58. Uh, his splits are 50, 48, 92. He's got a positive defensive plus minus after five straight years of having a negative defensive plus minus. Um, 
So that includes previous time with playing alongside Ben Simmons. So he's picked his defense up, having a sniper out there, and Seth Curry um, has helped. And so I think Tobias Harris is kind of him picking up his defense and his shooting has really amplified that whole team. And I think it's also amplified Chase's fantasy team. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, let me get it out of the way real quick. Chase is going to win this matchup. It's not even close. I think he Yes, and I pick Chase. Right. <laughs> um, and I think even if he, uh, you know, uses all his moves, tries as hard as he can, the Uniballer just does not have a great team. It surprised me that he's 8-13. Um, I'm wondering who he faced. Uh, you look at – I judge these teams, I mean, on their top five players. I mean, we get five keepers. And so you look at the people that they kept or the top five players on their team – um, and you look at Chase's team, it's a dangerous team. I mean, when he has uh, Durant and uh, Tobias and Giannis and uh, Porzingis um, and Zion, you know, those five guys, that's a pretty damn good team in its own. Um, but the guy I want to talk to about is R.J. Barrett. Um, we haven't seen a guard that's been good on the Knicks for a long time. I mean, a pretty long time. And they've kind of failed on that front for a little bit. Um, and I think R.J. Barrett, you know, I'm, I'm just looking at this line from tonight. You know, 26 uh, points, 11 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 steals. I uh, didn't turn the ball over. The guy handles the ball a lot. Um, and they mm-hmm. they came on the road and, and beat Atlanta, who I really like this year. R.J. Barrett is really good. Um, and, you know, I... Remember the first week of the season, I texted Chase a few times asking for R.J. Barrett. Uh, so I, I think that uh, going forward, you know, that one-two punch of Randall and Barrett in New York, uh, I don't think the Knicks are very good, um, but I think they're going to get a bunch of work, and I think Barrett is uh, going to be – it's going to be a tough decision for him to, to, you know, drop a Porzingis or a Tobias um, or, or to keep R.J. Barrett because I think he pretty much has to. Well, it'll be interesting. I mean, he shoots 24% right now from three, which is Russell Westbrook bad. But 17 and seven a night in 38 minutes a night, to your point, he's going to get tons of run. He's going to be a stack compiler on a bad team at the very least, if not better. But mm-hmm. unless he's got somebody like an Alec Burks or somebody else that's also chucking threes and spacing the floor, I mean, again, he's shooting 24% from three. And he's averaging seven rebounds from a guard spot. So he's valuable in some ways, but also... I mean, the, the Knicks are still going to suck, and, and it's not on accident. Hey, they've won they've four of their last five. Okay, Yeah, they have. The credit. They beat Milwaukee. They beat Atlanta. They beat Indiana. They're a gambler's dream right now. I'll tell you that. They were <laughs> they were six and a half tonight, uh, underdogs, and they came out top in Atlanta. So watch out yeah. for the Knicks. Watch out for the Knicks this year. But let's keep it rolling. We don't want to take, you know, two hours on these podcasts. We want to give everybody their <laughs> shot. Uh, Grunfeld's revenge, Kyle versus uh, white men. Can't jump Neil. Ethan, you want to start us off there? Sure. So um, Kyle's got a really nice squad. I think one of his most underappreciated players, um, he's my X factor from his team for this matchup is Dante DiVincenzo. Um, I'll sing a similar tune about Milwaukee to what I was uh, just saying about um, Philadelphia and the impact Tobias Harris has. Um, DiVincenzo stepping into kind of their core five, um, five-man five lineup, you know, to whether or not he starts games, he definitely is in their finishing lineup. Um, that has really um, opened up an offense that, you know, that plays Giannis out of four and kind of um, has had to ask Brooke Lopez to step out of the paint and try to kind of evolve into 
a more spread out team. Um, DiVincenzo is shooting the lights out. Um, and that's, again, that's had a, a huge impact on the other four guys out there and that unit's offensive rating. So I think they're going to continue to let him shoot. Um, and so I think Kyle is going to continue to get tremendous value from that guy. Um, with Neil, his X factor, I think, is Malcolm Brogdon. Neil's team is great in um, is, is great in all three shooting percentages relative to um, his totals in, in those corresponding stat categories. You know, total field goals made, total threes made. Um, and Brogdon is a guy that went 50, 40, 90 that I don't think a lot of other guys maybe would have kept. I was kind of hoping that Neil would overlook him and I could sna uh, snag Brogdon for myself in the draft. Um, but again, he's a 50-40-90 guy. That's like the Larry Bird, Reggie Miller, Steve Nash shooting stat. Um, and now he's shooting a career-high field goal attempts per game and playing a career-high minutes per game. Um, and so that's becoming a huge asset for Neil. Ultimately, um, I think Kyle is going to win this matchup mostly because I think that Kyle just is is really filling up some of these other one-off stat categories, you know, field goals made will also affect percentages. It'll also affect points scored. Um, but for instance, like rebounds, assists, steals, blocks that are kind of their own siloed categories. Kyle is really hot right now in all of those categories. So um, until he has some guys, some role players that start to cool off in the assists in, in steals category, I think he's going to be real tough to beat. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to have to agree with you here. Uh, you know, the big thing, um, so, you know, I don't want to include other sports here, but, you know, we just came off this big, long football season, uh, and, you know, we're, we're getting geared up for basketball. Uh, I know Neil has had, you know, a really long football season, very long football season. Um, you know, so he's trying to get into the basketball mode here. Uh, I don't really hate his team. You know, James Harden is probably uh, a fancy MVP in some people's minds, although he's not played up to it so far this season. Um, and and Ben Simmons, uh, you know, is somebody that you can depend on and to be a, a five-category guy. Uh, he just doesn't. I mean, keeping Kimba Walker was just bad. It's just a bad move. Just not not good. And when we talk about five people, I mean, literally, it's just two. He's got two two people and Ben Simmons and James Harden and everything else that he's filled in with is kind of, uh, you know, not so great. I'm, I'm going to uh, agree with you here and I'm going to take Kyle this week. And, and the reason is that his team's just way more balanced. Uh, he just has uh, people at every position that you can count on, especially that front court. Um, I really like Capella Wood and Randall up front. I think those are, that's his strong point. And again, yeah, Westbrook in the back. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to take Kyle. The person that I'm going to watch is another Nick. Now, I'm not, on <laughs> of course, uh, you know, the first two matchups are on the Knicks. But Julius Randle is showing up to be, uh, you know, one yeah. of one of the better players in the league. I mean, we talk about these triple-double guys, uh, you know, Sabonis, and, and sometimes you can get Drummond in there and, and Westbrook and, uh, you know, sometimes Jokic. Zion. And, yeah, and Jokic. Uh, Julius Randle is a nightly triple-double. I mean, look at this line tonight, 28-17-9-1. That's ridiculous. Uh, that, is, that is a fancy star 
Um, and and where does he have him? He has him in the uh, sixth round. Ugh, God, disgusting. It's stuff like that that wins you uh, fancy basketball. So I'm going to take Kyle. Um, I think Neil may have better days ahead of him. Uh, I know he's been rethinking his draft strategy since we drafted. Um, and so maybe he can write ship. But at least this week, I'm going to take Grunfeld's revenge. What do you think, Max? Well, there's a lot of player on Kyle's team that I like. I love the crucifix, uh, Christian Wood. Um, you know, OG Ananobi, really interesting player. I am going to... 12th round keeper. So Yeah, 12th round keeper. That's fantastic. For both teams in this matchup, I'm picking very obvious, important players. Um, so the big thing about Kyle's team is they have been great in a lot of categories. Kyle's been great at getting a lot of minutes, a lot of points, a lot of assists, a lot of just his guys are on the floor a lot. You know, he's, he's picking up players that are playing more games in the week. Like he's just, he's doing a good job of managing that. Um, The problem you have to look out for there are your percentage numbers and your turnovers and the big killer to his percentage numbers are his wizards. Most importantly, Russell Westbrook. Russell, Russell Westbrook is going to, I mean, technically Julius Randle has more turnovers than him right now, but he will lead this team in turnovers by the end of the season. He is shooting a paltry uh, 23%. And I'm rounding yeah. it. From uh, fun fact, I think of anyone who's averaged at least three three-point attempts per game played in their career, Russell Westbrook is the worst three-point shooter of all time. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's it's awful. And he's not putting up his old triple-double numbers. Like, he's getting decent assists, decent rebounds, decent points. Well, he's definitely but, averaging a triple-double. But, yes, he's a, a walking turnover. I have the he? same note for Jokic, who's – yeah, I, I would say Russ is probably averaging, without looking, like 12 assists, five-and-a-half turnovers a game, which is not great, but it's still better than two-to-one assist to turnover. Uh, but he shoots numbers. a garbage percentage, to your point. And, I, yeah, ways that those are the only, the biggest knocks on Kyle. I didn't realize he had already sat out two games. Um, yep. Yeah, so they're like, managing him on all the back-to-backs, which I don't – I mean, so it is he, what, they would have done the same with Wall. With load management, 23% from threes, 39% field yeah. goal percentage. Like, Nightmare. that's, that's going to hurt you. Um, so I'd look out for turnovers and, and percentages. But other than that, I love the way Kyle's playing. However, this week I'm going to pick Neil. And let me tell you why. Ooh. Um, the important player on Neil's team. So Neil's biggest problem as far as his team doesn't score points, which in basketball is bad. Um, but uh, I think Neil's most important player, Ben Simmons, this week is going to score a shitload of points, um, which is something I forgot to mention. Wizards play three games this week. They're all against elite teams. Uh, two of them are away. They're facing Philly, Boston, and Miami. Don't love those matchups. Um, yeah, and those are some good defensive teams too. Yeah. On the Philly side, though, and most importantly, they play Washington. Um, so they're <laughs> going to put up some points. They're going to they score. Charlotte. Uh, they face Brooklyn, which is, you know, Brooklyn scores a lot of points but allows a lot of points. Um, and they're playing Denver, which I know Denver is a good defense. But, again, four games in a week. Uh, ben Simmons, I think, is going to have the opportunity to put up a lot of points for Neil this week. And I think his team is better than it looks. Um, Trying to load it right now. Uh, 
Like I, I love Rui Hachimura for Washington long term. Somebody I drafted last year. I like Tristan Thompson um, from a rebounds perspective, especially. I think he's somebody who's going to put up some decent stat lines. Um, you know, obviously Harden, great. Uh, and I like Kelly Olynyk too as a backup. Uh, I think he's a backup big for Miami uh, behind Bam Adebayo. Mm-hmm. He is putting up numbers similar to my boy Enos Cantor. You know, getting those off the bench that can put up a high field goal percentage, a double double every once in a while. Like that's that's really valuable. Unfortunately for Neely, left Olinick on the bench tonight um, instead of you know Wendell Carter, who did not play basketball today. But you know. um, th- this might be a good opportunity. A brief PSA: There is something in the Yahoo app for you owners listening where you can set it to start your active players for the rest of the week in one fell swoop. And then all you have to do at that point, I mean, in theory, you would try harder than this, but all you really have to do is watch out for injuries that might occur during the week or load management. But yeah, I didn't realize it was such a a running theme of guys who are active in the league on a given night sitting on someone's, unless you guys are playing for the percentages but another PSA, there's three percentages and eight counting stats. So mm-hmm. I don't know that the math checks out on that strategy either. Olenek shot five of seven from three tonight too. So worth noting. <laughs> that hurts. Yeah, that hurts a lot with 19 points. <laughs> and eight points. So yeah. nonetheless, I'm still, I'm going against you guys. I'm picking Neil this week. I think he pulls off uh, the underdog win. Okay. All right. Well, let's, let's keep it rolling again. We don't want it to take forever. Super Gallinario bros, Victor, uh, versus Hong Kong heroes, Brennan. So old Victor um, is, a, is a fun guy to, to have in your fantasy leagues. Uh, he's, he's quite the, uh, quite the fantasy manager. Um, you know, is there are some people on his team, Joel Embiid, uh, you know, who again is one of those guys that you can count on to, to fill the bucket. Um, Colin Sexton, you know, it was an upcoming upcoming guy. Today was his birthday, um, and they got crushed on his birthday. Did, by the way, just watching that game, did, did uh, Drummond get kicked in that game? I, I may have missed that. I have no idea. I think he got booted in that game. Um, you know, he he's got a couple pieces. Uh, John Collins. Um, there's just so much weakness on this team from top to bottom. It's not a terrible team. Uh, I know Kyle Anderson with jaw out has, has taken over quite the, quite the role there um, in, in Memphis. Uh, but, you know, there really isn't that much to look at here. Um, on the other end, Hong Kong heroes, one of the better teams in the league, in my opinion. Um, Larry Nance Jr. God love Larry Nance Jr. I remember, uh, you know, when he came up, he was, one of those guys that we, you know, overlooked or said he wasn't, you know, uh, didn't he get traded for Wiggins? Who did he get traded for? Was it Wiggins? Uh, um, no, that's Kevin Love. Okay, well, who did, Nance came up with the Lakers, correct? Yes, Nance played with the Lakers. Shit, who did he? Was he in the? He was a high pick. I, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he's a first round pick. I think he was in the Love trade for Wiggins type. Whatever. Yeah, you uh, might be right. It's something. It's something to look at. But but I love Nance. I think he's coming into his own this season. I've watched him play. Um, he's a he's a great player. Um, and I think he's really going to get some run. Um, he's got Irving and Jokic. 
Irving and Jokic, um, you know, are two of the best players in the league. I remember last year going to this team and trying to get Jokic, throwing everything I had, uh, you know, jaw and some other stuff for Jokic. It, he just, he's not going to let him go. Um, he's got, you know, the five guys, the Jokic, the Irving, uh, the Gordon Hayward, uh, the Jonas uh, Valen. Okay. Valenchinas. Come on. Valanchinas. I, I got a, I got a few. I got a few of these <laughs> that we're going to have to talk about tonight. Uh, and, uh, you know, and Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday's not not bad in his own right. But, I, but like I said, you talk about Larry Nance Jr. Larry Nance Jr. is going to be the X factor for him through, throughout the season. I think this is a guy that um, goes beyond, uh, you know, the, the five keepers. And this is probably his best player besides that. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to pick uh hong kong heroes this week i think that he's got a better team now i think he's got a better team season long so uh we will pass the ball over to you max what do you think oh okay i i like victor's team he's not gonna win but i like his team um got the usage on colin sexton this season like he's putting up crazy stat lines you're like well i didn't know he was that good he's not he's just getting 37 minutes a game like, my God. And he's a ninth-round keeper. That's really solid. Right. Um, and this isn't the player I'm going over, but it's I, I like that Victor has held on to Matisse Thibel. I think he's going to be a valuable player eventually, and he got him in the last round of the draft. I think he's he's holding on to him a little bit longer for that keeper value, but I I like him. I like him, especially on the, on the defensive front. The player that I think is the biggest... Uh, X factor for Victor in this matchup this week is Kelly Oubre Jr. Um, Kelly Oubre Jr. has one of the most interesting stat lines I've ever seen with this large of a sample size. Have you guys seen his three point stats? Uh, I have no, but I would guess that they are really bad. So he has attempted more three pointers than any other player on Victor's team. And he is a cool two for 30. Yeah. Uh, that's... Yeah. That's the warriors are, are really interesting because other than Steph, they're actually a terrible three point shooting team. I have notes on this for, if we talk about Wiggins in the trade, you two made later, but <laughs> he's, it okay. applies. He's... It applies here as well to Kelly. Right. He's shooting under 7% from. Yeah. Th- that's, that's bad. And as a result of this, Victor, whose team is actually shooting like 49% for the season, it's, it's one of the best field goal percentages in the league because of all the big men he has just tipping the ball in like John Collins. Victor has the worst three-point shooting team in the league, both from the amount of three-pointers he's made, which is 76, which, by the way, the team with the most uh, three-pointers in the league is 145, which is almost twice that many. So 76 is really low. And his team is shooting 34% from three. That's going to hurt him. Uh, It's going to hurt him both in points and it's going to hurt him in both uh, three point categories. So if I'm Victor, I'm, I'm doing two things. One, I'm praying that they quit letting Kelly Oubre shoot threes because clearly he can't do it. And two, I'm shopping. I'm, I'm, you know, shopping some of my high percentage big men, you know, he's doing pretty well in rebounds. I'm trading some rebounds and looking for some, some three point shooters. There's a bunch of them around the league. And there are a lot of teams that have a lot of three point shooters that need a lot of other things. So, um, well, I'll I'll tell you this. If you are uh, hoping that your player stops shooting threes 
or just start shooting at all, uh, you probably shouldn't have that guy in your team. Uh, I've watched Kelly Oubre play. You know, I didn't think he was that terrible. Maybe it was just volume with Phoenix. Uh, so far with Golden State, it's a nightmare. I don't know if you've saw, seen that little clip of uh, him shooting the ball when he was covered by four people and getting fouled, and Steph Curry and uh, and uh, Steve Kerr just, like, putting their head in their hands because they're like, good Lord, what the, what the hell was that? Uh, but he's just an awful player. He's not a good player to watch. If I'm Steph Curry, I keep the ball out of his hands at all costs. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I definitely agree with you. But, Ethan, what do you think of this match? Wait, wait, wait. I didn't talk about Brennan. Oh, sorry, sorry. Really didn't want to cut you off there. Go ahead about Brennan. Very brief about Brennan because yeah. he's going he's gonna to win. I agree with you, Larry Nance Jr. Uh, he's playing four games. Love is out. Uh, he's not putting up great stat lines. Even though he's playing 35-plus minutes a game, he's getting, you know, handful of rebounds, handful of assists. I mean, I guess he got nine points, 11 rebounds, six assists a couple days ago, but not good shooting percentages or anything like that. That's eventually got to turn around. He's a better player than that, but yeah. he's going to get a shitload of minutes in four games this week because love is out. So um, I think with that and Kyrie Irving and an overall better team, Brennan takes the win this week. Okay. Ethan, so I also think Brennan is going to win um, – He's, he's, I mean, we beat into the ground. He's got a good roster. Um, Jokic, if the season ends today, you can make a case that he's maybe the MVP of eight games or whatever, however long it's been. I mean, he's averaging a triple-double. He's leading the NBA in assists and assists per game right now um, from the center position. So he and Jamal Murray are really um, blossoming uh, together right now. And so at least from a fantasy perspective, that's going to make Brennan – dangerous all year long, but I wanted to call attention to another one of his bigs in miles Turner, who's now up to three blocks so far tonight and counting. He's got like 26 blocks in his first seven games. And I mean, I, he, I think of him, um, this might not resonate as well with the, the non fantasy baseball owners in this league, but I think of him like a great base dealer. Like he's a category on his own as long mm-hmm. as he's not hitting, you know, 220 or obviously the basketball equivalent of that. Um, and Brennan is second in blocks behind me and I have Drummond and Chris Boucher, who I would also call a category on his own. So that's a guy that uh, Brennan is playing who I, you know, wasn't, I don't even think he was in the five guys that Huck named. And, and the point is not that he should have been. The point is that's just how deep Brennan's team is. Um, when you look at Victor, it's a little bit of the inverse of that. He doesn't have a lot of guys who are shot makers and his best shot maker, Colin Sexton, who is averaging 26 a night is shooting some unrealistic percentages that I, that are just not going to last. I'm sorry. He's, I mean, he's shooting 56% from the field and he's shooting like 55% from three. That's just not, it's not going to last. It won't happen. So um, that guy buoying what's already pretty low percentage stats is um, concerning. And like I kind of talked about earlier, Phoenix, um, seems to be load managing Chris Paul, not necessarily maybe in games played, but in minutes played. Um, and so, yeah, I don't really know. It's gonna. I think it's going to take a series of trades or just the hope that some people catch fire. But I think Victor's got a team with a lot more guys that are more impactful in on the hardwood than they are on paper. And mm-hmm. so that is um, that obviously is a little concerning. Um but I don't think that it is um, – I don't think that all is lost. I mean, it, it, it's a make-or-miss league, so 
um, guys will get streaky and he's good enough in other categories that um, if he can catch a minute's played wave, he'll be competitive. I don't think he'll be competitive this week against Brennan though. All right. Okay. All right. Well, let's keep it, keep it rolling here. I love Dirk. Andrew versus Andrew Thunder from down under. I don't think you're pronouncing that right. I think it's I love Dirk. I love oh, Dirk. Okay. Yeah, you got We got We got just a crowd of great names throughout the league. Uh, versus Thunder from down under. Paul, Max, what do you think of this? Um, with Andrew this week, the number one guy I'm looking at is Nick Batum. Um, Nick Batum can get Andrew a lot of different stats. I'd say the, the stats that Andrew needs the most are probably, I mean, he, he could use some rebounds. He could use some assists. He could use some help in fielding or field goal percentage. Whew, don't talk fantasy baseball with me. I'll get, I'll get in the mode. Um, and Nick Batum this week, he's got four games and, uh, the Clippers actually have some pretty good matchups coming up. They play at golden state, um, two different nights this week, which I think from a, from a point scoring perspective is good. Uh, especially because, you know, the Clippers have been playing good high scoring basketball recently. Um, Nick Batum's kind of been hit or miss, but like I said, when he hits, he fills up the stat sheet. He can do a lot of different things for you. He's shooting the threes, getting you assists, getting you rebounds. Um, so I think that's going to be a very important player for Andrew this week. Um, on Paul's side, the number one player I'm looking at is Mark Gasol. Um, Paul's team's really small. You know, he doesn't have a lot of bigs. Uh, you know, if, if I'm, if, let me look at it real quick. Thunder from down under are near the bottom of the table when it comes to rebounds and blocks. And that's, you know, representative. I mean, he's great in assists, um, great in, in points scored, but he's just got a shitload of guards and small forwards. Um, so Marcus Saul is going to be really important this week and luckily for him and any LeBron James owners, uh, the Lakers have four games this week and they're all pretty good matchups. They're at Houston facing Chicago facing San Antonio. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of opportunity for blocks and rebounds in those games. And considering that's really the only reason you would have Marcus Saul on your team. Uh, I think that can help propel Paul to a win this week. And that is not what I think is going to happen. I think uh, Andrew pulls this one off. Interesting. So um, I know going into the draft, Andrew was um, really looking to solve a, a big man crisis. Um, and I mean, I think the the jury is still out on how some of those bigs will um, turn out value wise for him in the long run. But one that has been already a, a pleasant surprise is James Wiseman. And that also kind of um, harkens back to talking about a learning curve that rookies are facing and Wiseman seeming to pass every test that has been put in front of him so far. Um, you know, it's, I think it's still going to be a while till he gets the, the full joy of the, of the return on the Wiseman pick this season, because again, Golden State struggles to space the floor because their best facilitator is also their only shooter. And, uh, but if you've seen the way he plays in the open floor, if you've seen the way that he's already um, kind of instinctively rotating on defense, um, you know, there's certainly going to be a learning curve, but he's playing 22 minutes a game. And I think that's going to continue to go up. And the more that goes up, the more that's going to help Andrew um, in some of these 
um, big man counting stats where he's hurting, namely rebounds. Um, so he's a guy that I am watching over kind of the next few weeks um, to see how he develops um, on the other side of the matchup with Paul. Sorry, I have too many tabs open. Um, <laughs> I really like um, a couple of guys, Seth Curry and Chris Middleton. So I've been talking about uh, Philly and Milwaukee, and maybe I'm victim of the moment. They're off to two of the hottest starts in the Eastern Conference, but they are two teams that have five-man units that they will end every game with that um, just have really high offensive ratings. And so I think Seth Curry, as somebody that's going to um, constantly enhance his shooting percentage and his three-point percentage um, and give you four assists a game, um, you know, him leaving a bad defensive team in Dallas and now playing with the alongside an elite perimeter defender in Ben Simmons is clearly um, sort of amplifying what Seth does well hiding a little bit of what he lacks in. Um, and Chris Middleton, um, his usage rate is actually down and his um, true shooting and all of his counting stats are actually up from years past. So again, that Milwaukee's offense um, has really, I think has uh, finally um, hit a new gear in terms of opening up the floor and, and Middleton is another guy that's benefiting from that. So um that kind of feeds into what Max was saying. He does have a very perimeter-oriented team. Paul does, but um, but I think he he has tremendous depth there from sort of what I think people think is a second-tier star in, in Chris Middleton or a role player in Seth Curry. And those are correct assessments, but they're two of the best in those particular tiers, I think. Um, so for that reason, I think Paul is going to win this week. Um, again, Andrew, I think, has upside um, when it comes to big men, but he's not – realizing that potential right now in week three. Um, so I think Paul is going to get away with a little bit of his perimeter oriented roster um, and um, edge out a win over Andrew this week. It's interesting that Paul has both Curry's, you know, like, is he <laughs> like, he, if he really was like a family oriented team, he'd be trading Huck for the other Bogdanovich. He's got Bojan. Yeah. <laughs> I think it should go the other way around. I really like the Bogdanovich. So, uh, you know, I, I, I would never give him up. We like him over here. Um, I personally like Andrew's team. I don't know why he's four and seventeen. Uh, maybe it's just bad luck, but I, I see a, a lot of spots that are filled. Not a lot of weaknesses. Um, maybe in his front court, but you know, James Wiseman is going to be a beast. Uh, maybe not this year as much, but in the coming years, it's going to be the Seth Curry, Wiseman, Clay Thompson type show over there. And, uh, you know, you may not see the stats that you want, but he can't really let him go. The rest of his team, you know, you've got Lillard, obviously, as a top 10 player. DeRozan is going to score at a crazy pace, especially right now with, with Aldridge yeah. out. Um, Booker's is getting his shots. Um Terrence Ross, you know, is one of those guys where I've always thought, you know, what is Terrence Ross good for except for the three ball? But it's like the Magic just keep featuring him, just refuse to not feature him. Uh, they keep giving him shots and keep giving him opportunities, and he keeps, you know, pulling for, through for him. A 15-2-1-4 line tonight. So, uh, you know, I, I think that even though he's 4-17, and 17, even though he uh, his team has really, really unperformed, uh, to this point, I, I like it. I, I think he, I think he wins this thunder from down under team. Like you said, does not have a lot 
you know, going for it besides Gobert in the front court. I know Daniel Theus can just absolutely disappear just like he did tonight. Um, and, you know, these, he just can't rebound. I thought it was interesting though, that he went and picked up, uh, you know, he had a, a, a bargain sale at, at the, on the waiver wire, trying to get all these players uh, to fill his injured list. He got Toppin, Dimwitty, Winslow, Chris, I mean, all under. Yeah. I, I thought that was interesting as well. I didn't really understand that because then you just, I mean, what's, if you I got nobody I, hurt, why not? And you and you got guess, moves to use. I mean, I guess, yeah. You, that's my know, thing. Is he used a bunch of moves this week on guys that won't contribute to counting staff. I, I think it's intimidating, personally. You know, like you, <laughs> you look over at the other bench and there's like 50 guys on it, and you're like, holy shit! Like, is yeah, there four <laughs> jackets? But is there anybody of those four that he picked up that you would you're jealous of that you would consider? Picking up. Shoot. Let me go. Obi Toppin is fine. Um, I, I don't think Mark Kess Chris is coming back anytime soon. And if he did, would you season. like his his playing time with with Wiseman and, and Draymond Green coming back tonight? I mean uh, I mean, no, not really, but I, I like Obi Toppin for later in the season. I think he's a really interesting rookie on a team that needs to find interesting rookies. Like they need to feed them minutes to, to, you know, like I understand they've got Robinson, they've got a couple other guys that they've got figured out, but ultimately, I mean, Toppin was their first round pick. They need to feed him some minutes this season, give him the experience to figure out who he is. I would like to own him at that point in time. I just think until he gets there, uh, he's injured now and he's going to look like shit for a little while. Cause most rookies do aside from, of course, James Wiseman. Yeah. Um, okay. But yeah, I mean, but you know, besides that, I'm going to pick Andrew this week. I think that uh, he's got the better team overall, uh, and and he might pull this out after after a few days. So let's keep it rolling here. Kevin Ware's knee, which drew a lot of confusion from a lot of people who uh, weren't aware of Kevin Ware, uh, you know, back in the day. Versus, I hope they didn't Google it. Right. Ugh. right. Rum ham slam. Trevor, uh, Ethan, why don't you kick this one off? Sure. So tough start to the year for Kevin Ware's knee. I think he would tell you that. Um, in looking kind of uh, at some of his key contributors, I thought just from parts of games I've watched and what I've heard about him anecdotally, I thought Dennis Schroeder was having a much – better year than he's having and he's having a fine year but he's you know his 16 points a game are coming on um a lot of high volume shooting on a team that um has efficiency to spare on offense and can kind of allow for some of that so i think he's an interesting guy to watch because i just i don't i i guess i'm missing something that everyone else is seeing i'm four and a half rebounds a game and five assists a game is definitely out of a, a guard spot is nice um, mm-hmm. but I have no idea what I, he's helping, um, Kevin wears knees, helping Stafford. Um, but I have no idea what to make of, of the rest of his season. I do love, um, DeJounte and Huck. Sorry if, if this is someone you were going to talk about, but I mean, he's the best box score filler, um, from a fantasy perspective, um, on this team, excluding the, the obvious stars that I didn't want to slow us down with go figure. Anthony Davis is good. Spider Mitchell is good. Um, 
but I think that DeJounte is somebody that could have a lot of, of long-term value. Um, and, and I think the Spurs play uh, again, Huck will, will be able to speak to this better than me, but they certainly play a smart brand of basketball. Um, they take smart shots. And so, um, seeing somebody that averages 15 points, seven rebounds, six assists in that offense is, um, certainly nice. Um, flipping to the Trevor side of the matchup, again, trying to kind of look past the big stars for um, like a, a hidden X factor, if you will. Um, I'm really interested to see what Harrison Barnes does in the coming weeks. Um, his three-point shooting right now is way behind um, what he has averaged um, in years past, but offensively uh, they're going to need him to continue shooting. I mean, Buddy Heald is a chucker. He's in my lineup and he shoots like 10 threes a game. It's, um, it's pretty astounding. Um, but Harrison Barnes is going to continue to get to shoot as well. And I think um, law of averages says that he is in line for um, a bit of a hot shooting streak. I think if Sacramento does indeed move Marvin Bagley, which I have no idea if they will or not, that would probably come with more Harrison Barnes at a stretch four. So um if him playing in more small lineups coincides with him going on a little bit of a, um, a shooting streak, I think that's going to mean big things for Trevor's team in supplement to some of his key players. So um, I like Trevor this week. Um, I think he has just got a roster that's playing better at this point in time. If you kind of look at the totals through the first two weeks, um, Stafford's team is struggling um, in a lot of the counting stats. So I think he's just going to, like some of these other struggling teams, find a way to get more games played in a given week. Yeah. And like what you're saying about DeJounte Murray, I mean, we lost White today. Uh, I think he's got a broken toe or something wrong with his toe. So that's going to help Murray get even more minutes and be even more dominant, uh, you know, until LaMarcus Aldridge can, you know, get back on the floor. Uh Talking about Kevin Ware's knee, he's got the all pronunciation team. Um, so help me out here. <laughs> Dennis Schroeder. I think, yes. Maxi Kleba. Kleba? Yeah. Okay, no ER. Got no, it. It's Kleba. Kleba. Uh, the one that I wanted to talk to was not DeJounte Murray. I think DeJounte Murray's a great pick, um, but Jeremy Grant. Uh, is is one of those guys, especially with with Blake Griffin being out in, in a lot of back to backs. Uh, Jeremy Grant is like the featured scorer, and I remember this guy just being in Denver, just being an afterthought. I mean, just, uh, a role player, you know, somebody that uh, maybe got you know five to six shots a game, to now being the guy. I mean, he is the guy in Detroit. Um, so I know you got Rose and, and some other people, you know, coming off the bench and whatnot. Um, but, but yeah, no, I think that Jeremy Grant, you know, you saw him get 24 points tonight. He spread it out. He covered every uh, category. Uh, I think that is the, one of his best players. Aaron Gordon had a really, really rough start to the season. Uh, but, uh, he's showing up in the last two games. So that's good for him. Uh, I, I like this team. I like this team from top to bottom. I think they're they're good. I, you know, I look back to at Rumham Slam last year. Uh, he finished in first place, and I'm looking at his team, and I'm going, oh, okay, yeah, he's got a lot of good players, but he's got a lot of holes as well. Um, you know, and it doesn't really help when you got Carl uh, Anthony Towns out to start the year. 
and uh, he's had a bunch of injuries. And now Draymond just came back. Uh, but on on Trevor's side, uh, you know, I, I like Otto Porter. I, I, I like Jamal Murray. I think Jamal Murray's had a really good start to the season. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I don't think he has enough to beat Kevin Ware's knee this this week. I know uh, Rumham Slam has had a some good success. I mean, he's technically asterisk champion from last year. Uh, but uh, but I think Kevin Ware's knee is going to take it this week over Rumham Slam. Max, what do you think? First, I need some clarification, and it's not a pronunciation. I was really hoping the next name you were going to say. So, is it Josh Hart? Um, <laughs> yeah, I need some clarification on what the fuck is going on with Hassan Whiteside. Why did he get super injured? Did his legs fall off? Like, why is he not playing for Sacramento? Like, they're starting Rashawn Holmes over him, which nothing against Rashawn Holmes, but fuck Rashawn Holmes in comparison to Hassan Whiteside, who led the league in blocks and offensive rebounds last year for Portland. Why is he getting 10 minutes a night? Like, uh, did he get oh, injured? I think there's, I think it's <coughs> in part that they are trying to see what they have in Rashawn Holmes. I mean, Sacramento it feels like they constantly have a new coach. Now they have a new GM who's surely trying to figure out what he's got. Like they're not going to compete in the Western conference. Anyway, they've got, De'Aaron Fox on their max contract anyway. So I think it's just seeing what Holmes has versus knowing what Whiteside has. And I mean, the, the, the way that the NBA is trending is away from Hassan Whiteside and Clint Capella and players of that nature. And I mean, I, I understand Houston never beat um, Golden State, but they were, you know, once Golden State got KD, they were the damn closest team to it. And that was basically playing without a center. So I think it's it's just in part that the league is moving away from Hassan Whiteside. And I don't know this, that I just read shit on Twitter, but I don't think Hassan Whiteside is like a, is like an extra, extra mile kind of guy. I mean, that's fine. And listen, I don't know that much about basketball. Most of what I know about basketball, I've learned from Space Jam and Juana Man. Okay, but like Juana Man. from like a baseball perspective, um, Hassan Whiteside, especially because the Kings aren't winning anything this this year. Right. Hassan Whiteside's playing for like $2 million. And like I said, led the league in blocks and offensive rebounds last year. Every year, a contender has an enormous player on their team blow out their knee. Why not feature Hassan Whiteside and go, oh, by the way, everybody, we have a cheap guy that can lead the league in blocks that you can trade us maybe a protected first round pick for? Like, is there that much upside in Rashawn Holmes or do I just not get basketball? I mean, Rashawn Holmes is 27. I thought he was younger, but he's averaging 13 and nine this season in how many minutes? In 29 minutes a game, like his per 36 is 16 points, almost 12 rebounds, more than a steal, more than a block per game, you know, per 36. So, I mean, he's, he's certainly not playing poorly enough to lose minutes to Hassan Whiteside. I, he just—I uh, don't know. It, it, it's still not as good as what you saw from Hassan Whiteside literally last season. So I'm—I will say he shot. He Rashawn Holmes has attempted zero three pointers this year. So in relation to the mm-hmm. league moving away from Hassan Whiteside, Rashawn Holmes literally doesn't shoot threes either. So well, I've, I've gotten off track. That. I've gotten off track. It <laughs> makes no sense to me, but I've gotten off track. I consider drafting Hassan Whiteside because I think he's very good at basketball, but apparently the Kings do not. And we all know they're a very well-run organization. So I guess. 
Let's go with that. So for this matchup, I am focusing on two top-notch players that have been terrible and inefficient. Um, for Matt Stafford, it is Donovan Mitchell. And I know that's a lazy player to pick, but Donovan Mitchell so far this season has been a real bad. He's shooting 37% from the field. 34% from three is fine, um, but he's not putting up gaudy assist or rebound numbers um, despite getting a bunch of minutes per game. Uh, you know, he's not getting load managed. He's just, he's not doing what he did last season. And I don't know if that's a, you know, he's tired. He was in the bubble thing, but he's, it's, if I have Donovan Mitchell, this is much, much, much less than I would have expected out of him. Um, I'm not sure, is, is, is Mitchell his first or second round pick? It's a second round pick. So this is not what I would expect out of my second round pick. You know, he's, he's playing like a fifth or sixth rounder right now. So I would be really frustrated. That being said, really good player um, that could and should turn things around. And Trevor's version of that player, not quite as good, but just another player that should put up much better numbers, which, by the way, uh, Donovan Mitchell has four good matchups this week. Um, I know I keep those. Are, there's a theme. No, it matters. There, yeah, there's a theme with these players I'm, I'm picking. <laughs> I want people on the floor. Um, Lonzo Ball this week has three player, or three games this week and has been horrible and inefficient this year. Uh, that's Trevor's fifth-round pick. Shooting 39% from the fourth, through shooting 30% from three, not getting assists, um, not really getting much of anything. You know, it, if anything, he's been the second best ball brother in the league this year, which is unexpected considering LaMelo sometimes looks competent and sometimes looks like he's completely lost and sometimes <laughs> plays games like, hey, I'm going to give my teammate a turnover. Um, so, like, it, I just don't get it. I mean, Lonzo Ball had, had one game the other night. He only played 23 minutes, got in foul trouble, shot one of seven, seven points, one assist, <laughs> downs. Like, that's not what you expect from him. You know, he's he touches the ball a lot for them. You expect him to get 30-plus minutes, at least 15 points, load up the stat sheet. Um, so out of those two players, I expect one of them to break out and start playing a little bit more normal this week, and I'm just making sure he didn't fuck up tonight and make me look like an idiot. Um, good. Thank God. Okay. So I'm picking Trevor this week. Um, because I, you know, I think his team is better than Kevin Ware's knee. Um, worth noting, Kevin Ware's knee is one of two teams in the league that has zero moves. He has done nothing. Um, the other one is our good friend, Victor, which, when when it rains it pours with him at some point victor is gonna just drop five moves on an afternoon we know this i'm not worried about victor but i would like to see uh you know some some movement out of stafford considering he's 8 13 and 1 but no i think trevor takes it this week lonzo ball did great tonight 18 6 and 6 shooting four of six from three um you know he should play a lot better than he has been playing plus the rest of trevor's team you know i like mikhail bridges i like Vucevic, Ethan. I've been telling Ethan for years, like, oh, Vucevic, he's the guy. One of the maps to get him at one point, you know. So, uh, yeah, I think Trevor takes the win this week. All right, all right. Uh, let's keep it rolling here. Okay, next matchup, a very important matchup, if I do say so myself. Luca, my balls, uh, versus Doink, the clown. 
Well, let me start here. I'm going to I'm going to talk about my own team. Let me just say the first move that I made this week, Dalon Wright. Uh, I don't know. Sometimes it's a fantasy nightmare no matter what sport we're talking about. Uh, yeah, guy's hot, guy's playing well. You got a couple people out. Uh, you know, he's the guy that everybody's talking about. You got to play him. Uh, it doesn't play until halfway through the third quarter. No explanation, no nothing. Uh, you can't find anything on it. Uh, he finished up the the night, I think, with uh, two points, two rebounds, two assists, and a steal. Hey, he shot uh, 50%. He shot know. 50%. Good for him. Um, but One of two. But like I said, I mean, this is – what am I going to do? What, nothing I can do on that end. Uh, Boogie Cousins came out today and got booted. Uh, he got thrown out. Yeah. Apparently, uh, you know, the the uh, the the ref or the, uh, you know, the referee crew over there in Houston against Dallas, they weren't – he wasn't messing around today. Uh, he tossed and teed up a few people. Uh, so – so yeah, uh, is let me ask you guys a quick question: Is Luke my Bell's the best team in the league to y'all? I think so, on paper. Yeah, I mean, it, when you talk about their five, he's got Luca Siakam, Jason Tatum, Brandon Ingram in the ninth, Sabonis in the sixth. Like he's got the best keepers. Uh, he's got some supplemental players like Mikhail Bridges is playing. Um, over his head right now, 14 and six. And again, gets a ton of minutes with Phoenix. Oh yeah. 34 minutes a game so far. And Steven Adams is, is, is somebody who I had no idea how he would adjust in new Orleans, but he is a, a proverbial glue guy, if you will. I mean, 10 and nine seems pretty pedestrian in 30 minutes a game, but um, to, to supplement some of the post presences he already has there, that's more than I would have expected. So he's got the best keepers and he drafted pretty well I, yeah. i'm biased but i think uh you know it's hong kong heroes still i, I think luca my balls is number two for me but uh, granted i got blanked you know my team's figurative butthole is still sore from the 11 <laughs> to nothing beating we took week one um yeah. which that is the worst way to find out that that's the scoring we're doing because i was like okay fine i'm oh and one let's hit reset you know let's <laughs> and then i'm like no i'm fucking oh and 11 Oh, so yeah, no, because of that, I, I think Hong Kong heroes and the fact that he's leading the league in assists and steals and has a good shooting percentage and just a well-rounded team. Um, but it's close, uh, you know, yeah. for what says a good team. I mean, look at look at my balls right now. You're looking at the, all five of his studs play tonight, uh, you know, 33, 31, 22, 40, 19 points uh, from those guys. If they all five play in one night, there's no way you're going to be able to play uh, or keep up with them. Right now I have two of my five keepers, Morant and Jackson, Memphis struggling over there. Uh, mm-hmm. They're both not playing, uh, so I've had to supplement them on the back end and it's not working out that great <laughs> thus far. Uh, speaking of Kelly Oubre, if you want to talk about another player who just is not playing very well at the moment, it's Markel Fultz. Uh, you know, I thought I had a steal with him um, in the eighth round. Watching him play, it's just not good. Uh, you know, he, he shot 333 tonight. You know, he, he could not make a shot. Uh, he turned the ball over once on three straight possessions. Uh, they lost or they won this game, you know, uh, you know, it's a miracle, but, uh, but yeah, he's just not playing that well. 
Um, I'm going to have to do better on my pickups because obviously Dalen Wright didn't do much. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not really hitting on that end. Uh, so, you know, unfortunately, I know this is our first podcast and I'm trying to get into it. I'm picking Luke of my balls. I think that he is a, he's a better team. Uh, I think he's got set up better for at least this year. Uh, an older team, a more experienced team, uh, but a better team nonetheless. And uh, so, yeah, I'm going to take him, and and maybe I can make it a match. What do you think, Max? So, yes, Hurwitz has a very good team. Um, a big standout for him this season, though, and it's something that I think is worth watching for the rest of the season, is Pascal Siakam has not been good. He had one game where he put up huge Siakam numbers, you know, 16 points, 15 rebounds, eight assists. But aside from that, like, you know, they held him out to rest him. They played him 25 minutes the next night. I mean, he's just kind of put up pedestrian average average numbers. It's not the kind of, like, there was a point in time where with Pascal Siakam, you could expect a regular, like, like he was a threat for a triple-double every game. Same way Luka Doncic is, who triple-doubled tonight. You know, same way Demonis Sabanis, who almost triple-doubled tonight. Um, you know, I, but Siakam hasn't been that great. Uh, and this week, you know, they play Phoenix, Sacramento, Golden State, uh, and then Portland. But those first three games should be just roll games, you know, like Portland should just freaking well, maybe not Golden State, but at least Phoenix and Sacramento, they should just roll those teams. And Siakam should put up big numbers. And if if they don't, then I don't think I don't love Hurwitz's chance this week because huck uh, yeah, it's funny that you mentioned markel fultz i think he's dramatically underperformed um i do think he was a good value and i think he's gonna get better you know he's he's got four games this week he gets 30 minutes a game he has been hit or miss you know tonight he got you six five and eight which is just a bizarre stat line in a win you know what i mean um, yeah. But he, he can also – he's one of those guys that can get you a handful of rebounds too. He's going to put up the random 25 to 30-point games every once in a while, get you you know close to double-digit assists. Um, so like let, me, let me ask you this. You know, in football, you, we've talked about you – know, or in other sports, you don't actually have to be good to be good at fantasy. There's a lot of things where it's like you know you just because you're 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 not Touch a good player and whatnot. As long as you get volume, it's good. You know, in in basketball, at when you're playing at this in the category type uh, scoring here, if you are a bad player and let's just say you commit turnovers, uh, you don't have a lot of you have a low field goal percentage. Can you still be productive? Uh, in fantasy, and that's what we're talking about. Marco Fultz here. I think so. I mean, uh, think about who else Orlando has to go to. We talked about Terrence Ross, and then Aaron Gordon and Vucevic. That's it. I, I can I couldn't tell you another right player on their team. I think Huck, you're looking at it because we made a trade last year, um, and that's actually um, I made a win now move taking on Jalen Brown in the same keeper round as Clay Thompson, which worked out. But you got Jaron Jackson who I still love long-term. Um, we I also got, got was it Fultz? Who did I get? I, I got Aiton from somebody. I got Aiton from me. Okay. But but I was I was struggling to move on from Markel Fultz. I thought the same as you did, where it's like, okay, now we think of him as this valuable keeper, and he hasn't lived up to that. 
But then if you just sort of step back and are like, okay, I get that he is not a good shooter, but he's averaging 16.6 assists for a team that in the worst of the two conferences is going to be able to float around 500. Um, that's got a Terrence Ross averaging 20 plus a night and a Vucevic around him to, to keep a, those, you know, six to eight assists a night consistent. So no, I mean, he's not probably worthy of keeping next year, but he's also probably playing right on par with what you would have picked in the ninth round. So I think it's a lot of it is the lens that you're looking at it through. Right. Yeah. So no, that's, that's a, that's a good point. That's so good I'm picking, point. I'm picking Huck this week in another underdog upset. Um, you know, I think Trey Young and Aiton are going to put up good numbers for you. I think Fultz bounces back and looks a lot better in his next three games. And then, you know, you've got some guys like LaMelo Ball and, and Avdiha and, you know, uh, which I'm guessing on the pronunciation there. And I think Will Barton was a great pickup uh, to fill in while, you're, while your Grizzlies are injured. Um, How do you say it? Do you know, Ethan? Denny Avdiha. Uh, 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 yeah. Say Svee's last name. Uh, Svee, my, my, not, not going to be on my team very long anyway. <laughs> he, he played at Kansas is, is where I remember that name from. Not going to, not going to work here. Mm. Yeah. Not going to be on my team. I, I've wanted to drop Svee for like a week, but every time Drafted I'm like, Svee. every time I'm going to drop Svee, uh, he plays and it's like, you can't drop somebody on the day they play. Right. We have five from three tonight. You know, he's putting up numbers. Svee. Sure. Yeah. He made, he's literally the most of my team, more than anybody else on my team uh, in three pointers. So maybe he'll stick around for a little mm-hmm. bit, but <laughs> probably not. So we've talked a, a bunch about Hurwitz's team in this segment. I wanted to use this once we got to one of our teams to talk about the first trade, or at least I think it was the first trade of our season that you guys made. So I'll try and be sort of a facilitator as I hope we can address it. So the way I see it is um, Keldon Johnson not being keepable is important context because he is a huge win now helper, but him not being keepable is huge context. I'm not very high on Wiggins because again, I just don't think Golden State, I think they have plenty of good players that don't fit well together now that Clay is out. So I think it's, is LaMelo Ball in the seventh round going to be a better value keeper than Lou Dort in the 12th round? It's not about who's a better player, but it's about who's a better player relative to their keeper value, I think, that will ultimately decide it. So, And I have, I have no idea because LaMelo has been extremely inconsistent. But again, it's, I think, what you would expect from a rookie, but he's played pro overseas. So I don't really know what to make of it. And then I love Lou Dort. And he's in the twelfth round, so he doesn't have as high a ceiling, but he is. I I think that's in. I thought it was a very interesting trade. I, I'd love to hear from each of you, being the two parties that made it. Max, you want to talk about it first? Sure. Uh, part of the reason that I accepted this trade is one, I think I can turn around and trade Lou Dort to Paul for a minute <laughs> later this season. I'm not even sure Paul will listen to this podcast, but I'm telling you. Thunder from down under is going to want this thunder from wherever Lou Dort is from. You know, he's got a goofy name. I don't know where he's from, but it might be down under. Um, So he's going (laughs) to fit with that team. One of the big needs for my teams through the first couple of weeks are uh, the only team that that shot or the two teams that shot less three pointers than I did in the first couple of weeks were 
Victor, zero moves. And Kevin Ware's knee, zero moves. Um, so that's a bad sign. So I, I figured Lou Dort would be a good investment. You know, he's a three-point specialist. Uh, went two of four from three for me tonight. Um, and, I, you know, I like Andrew Wiggins. I, I told Huck earlier in the season I'd be interested in trading for Andrew Wiggins. I don't think he's a great player, but I think he fills a much-needed role on that team. You know, it can, like everybody's going to be draped all over Steph. Uh, Wiseman looks great on a per-minute basis. Draymond is going to put up Draymond-type numbers, but then in between, you've got to have something. You know, so I think he's going to fit in and, and randomly get some empty points. I don't think he's going to give me a ton of assists or rebounds, but um, he'll still have value, and he's going to get minutes, which, again, it's been a pretty consistent theme for me when I'm picking teams. I just want guys that are going to be on the floor, and Wiggins is going to be on the floor. Um, I know LaMelo also will be, so will Keldon Johnson, but ultimately I think I was selling Keldon Johnson at his peak um, as far as non-keepers go. I right. like. I, I think it's more likely he drops off and becomes a 15, 16 point per game guy than stay a steady 20 plus point per game guy. I, I haven't seen him play a lot. Maybe Huck knows more about him because I know Huck watches a lot of Spurs games, but ultimately I don't think there was going to be a point in the season where I could sell him for more keeper value and more actual talent than this. So I, Huck got good keeper value in LaMelo Ball. I think Kelton Johnson is fine. I still think I got better value out of the deal both from a keeper and just overall talent season long standpoint. You may have gotten better value. I mean, that may have been true, but I think I got better players talking in Kelton Johnson. Uh, you know, you're going for the last shot uh, and you're obviously going to give the ball to DeRozan. Uh, most likely uh, if Aldridge helps, he might give it to Aldridge, but you got to put Kelton Johnson in that conversation. Kelton Johnson uh, has a sweet shot and really showed up last year when we were headed towards the bubble, uh, you know, or headed towards the playoffs in the bubble. Uh, Kelton Johnson's a great player. I think he's a great fit for the Spurs team. Uh, I think that, you know, he can facilitate in, in a lot of different categories, not just um, not just the, uh, you know, the, the points made, but, uh, you know, he's got a couple double-doubles in his last four games. Uh, you know he can he can hit the boards as well. I think he's a really really valuable player, and it it is disappointing that uh, he he wasn't drafted, and I'm not going to be able to keep him next year. And I'm sure if he if he continues at this pace right now, I probably won't be able to get him next year. Um, but you know what? I probably wasn't going to keep Lou Dort either. So I know you like Lou Dort value, but you really got to think about: Am I going to keep these people? Right. Am I going to keep Lou Dort over Jaron Jackson, John Morant, DeAndre Ayton, uh, Trey Young, uh, or Markel Fultz or Lamelo Ball? I'm I'm not. It's just not going to happen. So, um, you know, it, when when we get in these these sort of situations, uh, you know, I'll trade away Lou Dort. I'll get Kelton Johnson. See if I can make a run at at things and and we'll see how it plays out Lamelo ball uh we watched him play in that first game where he put up zero points and it's like oh gross I, I know it put a bad taste in your mouth um but right after that he tried to show up show up in a lot of different categories and be a really uh you know successful and, and sometimes entertaining player uh i hate the balls i don't like the balls i don't like the balls uh i'm a big know. fan of balls huh yeah no i'm not a big fan of balls i i don't like uh you know their whole dynamic, whatever. But they, I can't argue with the fact that they do put up points and they are decent basketball players. And, uh, you know, 
LaMelo Ball may may put up some value for me. Uh, you know, I don't have John Morant right now. If I do have John Morant, then I have a extreme overabundance of point guards in Trey Young, LaMelo Ball, Markel Fultz, and John Morant. Uh, but until then, uh, we will we'll, we'll roll with LaMelo Ball in the normal rotation. So, so yeah, that's all. That's all I have on that trade. I, th- I thought that was it was pretty fair, and you know I needed some to adjust something last week because my team just was a failure. <laughs> um, but let's move into this matchup. Uh, these last few or last matchup. I don't know if you guys have heard of either of these teams, uh, but Godzilla got busy versus Shalom, y'all. Let's go ahead and let Ethan kick this one off. Ethan, what do you think of this matchup? So, I mean, I I feel good about my team largely for two players. We've you know we've talked about everyone's kind of five, but um, and I like my five, but I love my two, and that's Paul George and Jalen Brown. And we'll see how sustainable it is. I mean, the Clippers, I think, in terms of ego meshing and effort given on a nightly basis, especially in the regular season. We've seen them fluctuate on either side of the blowout spectrum. And we're going to continue to see some of that inconsistency, at least in the coming weeks. So we'll see if how Paul George stays, but um, I mean, this um, we might talk about a hardened trade at the end, um, but this season is the season where I think Jalen Brown and, and Jason Tatum show that they're actually um, they're actually bargains for Boston, and they're not even worthy of being trade chips for Harden. I'm I might get proven wrong, but um, if, if I'm Boston, I wouldn't trade either of those guys for Harden. And, and Jalen Brown, as a sixth rounder, has really um, in a lot of categories spearheaded my team. So as long as he and George stay hot, I feel good. Um, looking at Max's team. Uh, one area where he does make me a little nervous is he's got big men that I like. I feel like I'm pretty strong in um, at my post positions, but Thomas Bryant, who that might be some wizards fan bias, but um, he and our two guards, Westbrook and Beal are one of the highest paced uh, three man combinations in the NBA. And Thomas Bryant is fucking awesome in the pick and roll. Um, doesn't play a lot of defense. Neither does Enos Cantor. Um, but he's another guy where Nurkic is struggling on defense. And I think Portland is starting to figure if none of our bigs are good on defense, we'll just play the one that's best on offense, which is Cantor. Um, so not great news for Andrew who owns Nurkic, at least in the present time, but Max has a a few bigs, um, that I like that really, I think can go strength on strength with, um, some of the other players I like on my roster. Ultimately I pick myself. I would figure Max is going to pick himself. But, uh, but again, I think I've got two of the top 10 players going right now in, in fantasy and in George and Jalen Brown. So eventually they'll cool off, but until they do, I, I like my team. <sighs> you figured correctly. I'm going to pick my team. i tell you why. <laughs> um, for me, the X factor for my team this week, it's the guy we were just talking about, Lou Dort. Uh you know, my team needed threes. I got some threes. Uh, you know, Dort tonight put up 12 points, one rebound to assist. It's fine. Uh, but I think the backbone of my team ultimately is obviously LeBron, Jimmy Butler, 
Zach Levine, John Wall, Bam Adebayo, PJ Washington. Um, I'm going to get everything I need from rebounds, assists, points, mostly from those guys. I hope to get more blocks out of Adebayo than we've seen so far. Um, But I need three-pointers. And I think Lou Dort is the only guy on my roster that I think could, you know, well, I say that it's, you know, Justin Holiday shot three of six. He's just a streamer, but he put up some three-pointers for me tonight. But I, Lou Dort is the only guy that I could see shooting five or six three-pointers for me in any given night and sinking them. Um, you know, I think OKC is one of those teams in need of of shooters like Lou Dort, and I think he's capable of doing it. So I, I, I think he plays a big role in my huge victory this week. And part of the reason I'm going to win, um, a big part, is actually one of Ethan's strengths. You know, we talked about Andre Drummond. He's great. He's going to almost single-handedly carry Ethan and blocks and rebounds. But you know what else he's going to do? He's going to just destroy him in two other categories free throw percentage and turnovers free throw percentage and turnovers <laughs> and now he is just the freaking king of clank okay like he's i think he's had seasons in his career where he shot under 55 percent from the free throw line yeah he's, he's, he's shooting a cool 56 percent all by himself Nobody on your team has attempted more free throws than Drummond. And I think it's because people know. They're like, yeah, of course, that's a strategy. You know, Drummond got an offensive rebound. Foul. Cleveland Slap. also sucks, though. So he's still going to average 14 rebounds a game. So he'll win me a category and lose me a category. Or that's how I think. He'll win you a category. I think he could lose you two. You know, the only other guys even close to that in turnovers are Paul George and D'Angelo Russell. And they've, they've got the ball in their hands all the time. Um, well, I'm terrible in turnovers, yeah. I But if you look uh, at your Roto, the top three teams in Roto are all really bad in turnovers. So I'm starting to wonder, like, it, it, at a certain point, like, you never want to forfeit one category, but at a certain point, like, the teams that get, you know, to your point, like, have more guys on the floor doing things that contribute towards fantasy are going to have more turnover opportunities. And so maybe it's, uh, like... I, again, I'm saying this through the bias of I like my own fucking team, but <laughs> I, do, I do feel like like Chase is really great in Roto. He's terrible in turnovers. Kyle, same thing. Um, Brennan, same thing. Hurwitz, same thing. So yeah, you guys have a lot of minutes. You know, you you guys right. have a lot of players that have been on the floor. Um, I'm just saying, I'm looking for a positive for my team this week. You know, some <laughs> some put it up on the wall and and everybody believes in it content and Drummond just clanking free throws and turning the ball over. I think it's going to help me in those categories. We've got a fat seven to three lead right now. Um, (laughs) And everybody knows Monday's the most important night for any week long fantasy matchup. So, I mean, so the turnovers is a category that you almost want to lose. Uh, The, the percentages the field goal percentage, the free throw percentage, three point percentages, uh, are all relative. You even the best team facing the worst team uh, on any given week could lose the percentages, um, and if the best team is playing the worst team, then they could lose t- turnovers. That puts everybody in a situation. I mean, what do we have? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven categories where you could at least be four seven. Even at the worst teams facing the best team, you have a possibility of going four and seven. Um, so turnovers is you want the ball in, in your team's hands. 
Um, it's just if, if you get swept uh, 11 categories to zero, your team just really got outplayed. Your team had the ball in its hands more and lost the ball more, missed more shots, and are just not as good as the other team. So it's the worst uh, feeling. Worst feeling in the world. It's not a good feeling, okay. and I know you and Andrew already know that. Um, let me let me talk about y'all's teams this week. Um, you know, I look at weaknesses. I look at holes. I look at people who are not going to put up any statistics. Having a George Hill type of night, like George Hill had tonight. Yeah. Um, but I still think Ethan's team has less of the holes. I know Bain has gotten some minutes with uh, Jaw being out, so um you know we 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 do like uh that little pickup there but you know other than that we're talking about Zubog, george williams he's got a lot of good players and not a lot of uh, like terribly bad players um i like basley basley's really coming to his own um uh, he's one of the guys that i like to pick in daily fantasy uh often uh he's he's pretty good he filled up all the stat categories tonight uh and and drummond is one of those guys that is a constant double-double, uh, triple-double guy uh, that that is really going to kill it. Um, so, yeah, in in this week, if we're talking about weaknesses, Hector Diallo, uh, Lou Dort is is not really a weakness, but he... Did you call him Hector? What, what, I'm sorry. Um, read it. No, 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 no. Read it. Schroeder... <laughs> I don't. I know there's a correct way of saying. It. I've been calling him Hamadou in my head. I'm like, let's do this, Hamadou. Well, <laughs> some, something you might not know, and something I'm going to make up on the spot here is that his real name's Hector. Uh, he just goes up. He goes by Hamadou. It's more uh, catchy, Hamadou. Yeah, I think yeah. Who has that wrong? Anyway, we'll call him Diallo. Uh, Diallo, uh, Lou Dort. Uh, you've got some other weaknesses in, in Enos Cantor, obviously, even though. You know, love love Enos, but uh, you know he's he can have those those nights where he just doesn't come out to play. You um, love Enos, you hate balls, you hate holes. We're uh, we're painting a picture here. Um, another thing is, if if your name's Holiday, and you play for Indianapolis, you're useless. You're absolutely useless. Uh, I I just I can't Aaron stand Holiday, those. I, I can't stand either of those holidays over there. Uh, I'm only a Drew fan, so three brothers. Yeah, I know, but uh, but both those guys, I know from a from watching these few games and seeing like, okay, you know, it, he's gonna get a start here, he's gonna get a start there, uh, and Aaron Holiday's just nothing, and and Justin Holiday's the same way. Justin uh, Holiday put up a good stat line tonight. He a decent stat line for for him, yeah. uh, for him, but it's just that's not if that's as good that's as good as he's gonna get. I, I'll tell you that right now. Um, but uh, but yeah no I, I like Ethan's team better I think Max really honestly did deserve uh, to get 0 and 11 that first week even though he did have John Wall out and he's had Butler out for for a good amount of time uh, I don't think he's gonna get last place I think he will make the playoffs but uh, but I'm taking Ethan this week um, Ethan side like I said Basley uh, is one of those guys that you got to look out for um, whenever the season started the OKC team was wide open. Who's going to take all these shots? I know you got uh, Shy, Gilgis Alexander, uh, and and others that are going to, that have showed that they can, you know, take control of the ball over there. 
but uh, it was wide open. I think Basley's going to fill one of those holes there uh, to get some shots and and play a lot of minutes. So I do like Ethan this week. I think I think he's uh, he's the one to that's going to win. And uh, that that just about concludes uh, the matchups. Thanks for sitting through that, guys. I, I promise it will not be uh, you know so so long winded and drawn out. We're just we're just excited to talk about y'all's teams first episodes always like this yeah first episodes always uh, usually like this um like i said we'll get it once a week um this is going to be every monday uh we'll have one out for you to talk about uh the upcoming matchups and what we think of the current state of basketball one last thing i want to go over one topic before we go today um james harden so james harden he hasn't played up to james harden he's not James Harden-esque, and we had to have expected that with additions like Boogie Cousins, uh, Christian Wood, and John Wall, uh, you know, and so it's not just the Westbrook and, and Harden show, it's Harden, and he's, you know, delineating to other people in the lineup. Uh, there was talk of them trading James Harden, you know, earlier in the season, maybe in the offseason. Uh, would the Rockets be a better team without James Harden? And if you do think that, where do you think he should go? And 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 what do you think they should get for him? Max, what do you think? So, a lot of a lot of buzz around Harden to the Sixers, Harden to Brooklyn, um, Harden to you know a bunch of different teams. I personally think, and it's not good for basketball, but it's good for the Rockets. Um, and I say this as a self-proclaimed Mavericks fan. Um, I, I chose them when I moved to Dallas. I didn't have a – all the rest of my teams are Houston teams. I just want to be able to root for the same team as my friends in one sport. Um, but I think it's best for Houston. Trade them to the Warriors. You know, like the Warriors – like Steph Curry's not going to be like this forever. You know, you just took a year off last year with, you know, him being injured. And now Clay's injured again. And, you know – you're still in his prime. So trade a combo of players, trade Wiseman and Wiggins or Wiseman and something else and get Harden next to Steph Curry and have them, you know, basically have him be a replacement for clay. Only one that can drive and be the primary scorer on a team and help them space the floor so he can sink more threes um, and, you know, compete with the Lakers for a championship and long-term, the Rockets get Wiggins, who I believe has three or four years left on his deal, and Wiseman, who looks like the most prepared rookie in the NBA right now. Um, I think both teams, I think obviously the Warriors get better in the very short term, but I think in the long term, the Rockets would improve a lot with that move. And selfishly, from a John Wall and Wiggins perspective, I love it. My boys working together, doing things, I'm all for it. Yeah. Ethan, what do you think? So I'm looking at his contract. He's got this year and two more, but it's a max contract. So like his cap hit this year is 29.5. Next year it's 31.5. The year after it's 33.6. That's for Andrew Wiggins, who has a player efficiency rating of under 12. Guys that I bet have a player efficiency rating already over 12. Um, Anthony Edwards is a guy on Max's team that is facing the rookie learning curve and playing behind or sharing the spotlight in the backcourt with D'Angelo Russell and still already is a more efficient player than Wiggins. Like Wiggins is a good role player, but there's no way Golden State lands Harden without moving 
um, Wiseman and a lot, lot, lot of picks. And I just don't think they're going to do that when they've already got Curry and they can just keep waiting out Clay Thompson. They can keep developing James Wiseman. I, I, I see the, like, I do think he, that Harden would fit in Golden State, but I don't think Golden State is going to do what is necessary to land Harden. And I think Wiseman is a big get. Like, Wiggins is just the guy that makes the cap work. Right. That, to your point on that, they would probably have to send Wiggins just from a make it. But I don't feel like he's, I guess he would fit better from, from your perspective in fantasy. He would definitely fit better in Houston. But, uh, but it's, I don't think they're going to move Wiseman. All right. Harden. Where's Harden go then? Yeah. I have no idea. I mean, it, <laughs> Philly ultimately for, for Ben Simmons is what makes the most sense to me because um, that's like the, the, the closest to equal value Houston's going to get. It's not equal value, but it's the closest they'll get. The salaries match up um, from a Houston perspective. Um, you know, I don't think they really give a shit about their record the next few years, but um, Ben Simmons taking him on, he's now somebody that they can subsequently flip for a lot of assets. John Wall's contract's untradeable, but Ben Simmons would be flippable for some tremendous assets. So I, from a Houston perspective, that makes sense to me. From a Philly perspective, I mean, I feel like Doc Rivers can manage egos, but then also I feel like Doc Rivers in the last 10 years has come up short in the playoffs a lot with those egos. And so I don't really know what to make of it, but right now Philly's probably playing too well themselves to, to make the trade. So I think it's going to take somebody really underperforming in their fan base, lighting a fire under their ass on Twitter, basically, or like a severe injury to a team that had kind of already bought in on going for it this season. So right now, nobody really fits that mold, but um, like for instance, Brooklyn just lost Spencer Dinwiddie. And so he by himself is not going to tilt that to Brooklyn, but that can start the domino effect. You know, now maybe Brooklyn's just one injury away, even to another role player from feeling like they need to make that move. So um, I, I have no idea right now, but I don't think that any team is, I think some, there's going to need to be some event that pushes a team into making the trade. Like, I don't know what his market is right now because you're not going to get equal value back for him. It's just impossible. So I, I, I like Ethan's, like, really, the, the question was, you know, where would he fit in a fun sense? You know, I really don't think now the season started, at least right now, he's not going to go anywhere. I don't think that that would be a smart move. And I like how you're analyzing the contract and seeing actual possibilities. But really, honestly, I would like to see, like Max said, 76ers. I think if you got somebody like uh, Simmons to come over and play, uh, you know, a different brand of basketball with the, with the, you know, John Wall and Simmons and Christian Wood and, you know, Boogie Cousins, and you feature uh, Eric Gordon a little bit more and, you know, Whatever, it's a definitely pet playoff team, and somebody that's it's Houston becomes a really, really interesting basketball team. Um, another one would be Boston. I think that if you pair Jason Tatum with James Harden, uh, Kim Walker comes back, that team uh, becomes way powerhouse over there in the East, and you get back Jalen Brown and maybe like a you know Marcus Smart or something like that, um, and you're just 
it's a really solid get for uh, for some depth and some talent for the Rockets. I think that would be that would be you know awesome for them to go out and do something like that. It's probably not going to happen. Like I said, it's probably uh, something that we're going to have to look for in the off season next year or maybe going forward, um, you know, in the next two or three years. Uh, but, but yeah, it's something that every time I watch the Rockets, I go, you know, this guy's getting fatter. He's getting slower. He's, he's, uh, he's still on the, you know, if he was a stock, he had to sell him at his peak. It had been this year or last year. Um, because I, I think that he's going to go downhill from there. I don't think he's got MVP caliber, uh, in him, you know, when he's going up against superior athletes like Giannis and, uh, you know, Jokic and, you know, other people. So, uh, LeBron. So anyway, guys, that's, that's about it. We're going to wrap it up for the, for the week two matchups podcast here. Thank you guys for joining. I hope you guys had fun. Uh, is there anything else, uh, before we let these guys get back to their, their normal, uh, day routine that you guys want to talk about? Nope. <laughs> nope. That's it. You got it all out. I, what I loved is, is the immediate reaction. I wish Ethan would have just stuck with his first reaction to the hardened trade. I have no idea, you know, like, and just said, <laughs> that's it, you know, like, yeah. Analysis. I, I think that should be, uh, you know, accepted analysis from now on, on this podcast that, you know, who's going to win. I have no idea to be honest. No, no clue. Uh, but all right, I, I love it. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. About it. give me that ability because I'd say out of the three of us, Ethan probably knows the most about basketball. So right. I reserve the right in the future to go. Yeah, I have no idea. You know. Well, thanks, guys. We appreciate it, and uh, we will see you guys next week, same time, same place. See you later. Yeah.